Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For Monuments to Me sponsor GM, that means leading the way on a road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with three things, zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. Learn more at GM.com. GM, everybody's in. There's a lot of healers walking that are unhealed. If you kind of already know how you want to be treated in that type of space, then you go ahead and you create that plan for yourself. I almost died three times. And I don't care what any other community thinks until we stop dying. Until black women stop dying, I don't care what you got to say. Welcome. You are tuned into Monuments to Me, brought to you by Revolt. This is a safe space for honest and relevant conversations intended to recharge Black women and fuel Black girl magic. We're your hosts, Akila Friend and Don Montgomery, and each week we'll be addressing a range of topics from self-care, entrepreneurship, to politics and relationships. Join us as we explore and bask in the joys of Black womanhood. Hello, y'all. You're tuned into another episode of Monuments to Me, brought to you by Revolt. We're your hosts. I'm Akila Friends. And I'm Don Montgomery. And today, y'all, what's up? We've got some good stuff today. Like, I'm excited. This conversation is going to be focused on Black women's birthing in America. And we're going to focus in on the current state, changes needed, and what a birthing team and partner can do to be a support. We're going to let our guest introduce herself because she says she doesn't like to do that. So we're holding space for her to do so. <laughs> Ta-da. You're just going to put me on the spot like there that. There we go. Okay. 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 So my name is Tracy Collins. I'm the CEO and the founder of the National Black Doulas Association. We call it MBDA for short. And I founded the company in 2017 after 17 years of being a birthing professional, starting out as a doula, transitioning into a midwife, and then coming back into the field as a doula full-time 2012, 2013, after deciding I did not want to be a midwife because of the legalities in Oakland, California, or state of California. And I took everything that I learned as a midwife and brought it back into the doula world and was able to successfully support hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of babies being born. Mm. And my babies were born about six hours or less once mama's hit or active labor and without medication the majority of the time. Come on, wow. in record time. In record time. Which part, the intro or the babies? No, both. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah. See what happens when you hold space? <laughs> Look at I think it's because, it you know, Instagram Live makes you say it over true. and over true. and over and over. True. So I've had many years of practice of saying that. That's right. amazing. Thank you for that. Well, you said that you do this in record time. We, we know that black women are three to four times more likely to experience a pregnancy-related death than white women. And when you're in these spaces and people see you and they see themselves... Do they tell you how that makes them feel during their birthing experience and knowing that someone's actually going to give a damn about whether they make it through or not? So I'm personally retired from direct to client no, services. I, in my head, I'm telling you in my head, I was like, 
was like, ooh, it's going so lucky. I'm personally retired, but what my company is designed around is to teach other black and brown women that look like me to not only be able to support families who desire to have babies to usher them through, you know, on the side of being healthy and not just alive, but healthy and thriving. But when they see us, because representation does matter, what makes the NBDA stand out from the others is the fact that the core of value our fundamentals in the infrastructure is really designed around black and brown birthing bodies so anything in the educational curriculum i don't give a i don't give a shit on how you look or love and it's really about can you live and are you going to thrive and Mm -hmm. so making sure that no matter what component if it's the prenatal side the fertility side the birthing side or the postpartum side it's like what are the key components that will cost you your life Mm -hmm. and so we teach you that then we also teach you how to best identify those warning danger signs so not only as the birthing professional but then empowering the birthing professional enough so they can give their clients all of their knowledge so the clients can make the best informed decision for themselves so the long answer to, to that is yes representation does matter but you got to know how to work it okay yes. <laughs> you, you got to understand the policies and the bureaucracy and all the things with western medicine yeah let's yeah. take it all the way back though because i know you were saying you were practicing first you said doula then midwifery yeah. and then you yeah. know doula before you know obviously starting your own practice like for mm-hmm. me i know do you have children well? I have grown kids. You have My grown oldest kids? is okay. almost 30. <laughs> okay. Done yeah. yeah. Then they're done. Nice. I started you young. Good, girl. Girl. Okay. You look good. You look good. Thank you. I'm, you look I'm, good. I'm yes. trying. You look good. I'm trying. It's a, it's a daily process. You got it. It's a daily process. So you, you're a mother. Dawn's a mother. I have no children right now, but I know that's something that I would want in the future. But mm-hmm. to be honest, the idea of pregnancy scares me. And it's really because of all the stats that we hear around just like, you know, there's the protection of black women and the belief of black women when it comes to their birth. It's not debilitating. I know it's something that I'm definitely open and exciting about doing, but it's just, it's something that makes me question a little bit because Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't know what I don't know. And I don't know if I would be really advocated for when I'm in that situation. Mm -hmm. So like, is that something that led you to want to become a doula or you were always like, no, this is just something I want to do. Not necessarily because of what you've heard or seen when it comes to black women and and giving birth. So what made me want to get in the space of birth was I've always been fascinated with our reproductive system. Okay. Okay. So I was the girl who was like in the, you know, seventh grade, 12 years old, and you had science and I'm rushing to the last chapter trying to get to the anatomy and the right. reproduction and human sexuality. <laughs> that was me. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, it. like, well, let me study some sex. That was really me. Right. Let's get so, to it. Um, and vaginas have been my entire life. They really have. So when wow. people are disconnected from their vulvas or their vaginas or their reproductive system, I'm like, like I don't understand. Oh. Help me Because <laughs> they really have been my entire life. So I don't know if I answered your question because I have a, a memory of a gnat or a li- an oh, attention span fan of a nap but to answer your question I would say to just start now like start now like preparing yourself educating yourself the statistics are what they are and my belief system is if we don't completely eradicate western medicine I'm like my focus is like we have to completely eradicate western fuck western medicine Mm. because that's the alternative Mm. you know holistic practices have been here since the beginning of time so that is the original so study 
now get acquainted to the laws now Mm -hmm. like think about what the best support for you looks like and then demand that of the people going in that's so interesting because you don't usually hear and I've never really thought of the fact that I'm nowhere near pregnancy, nowhere near that, but still starting now. Like, how do people start now, um, you know? I'm such a huge advocate yeah. of people really, like, having a plan. And, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times for most women that I talk to that want to become mothers, whether they're partnered, married, whatever, right. one of the first things I tend to ask because of my birthing issues and things that I've had, do you have estate planning? Have you planned on, somebody. Yep. advanced health directive? Absolutely. Like, do you have all of those things? Because, baby, when you walk in there with that sheet of paper... <laughs> don't have it on your phone. Don't have it. Talking about, I'll email it to No, have it printed out in yeah. a folder and say, this is my advanced health directive. These are the things I want to happen. These are the things I don't want to happen. Yes. You have a birthing plan, which she can further explain on I what that em. looks like. Mm. Well, I hate well, she oh, hates them, yeah. but, yeah. but yeah. some people have birthing plans. Yeah. So yeah. So but yeah. like, but yeah. I feel like for what you're saying or what you both are saying, this is things that. When you are at the stage of, okay, I'm ready to have a child, I'm pregnant, mm-hmm. or let's say I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I have a partner and this is something that would be on the horizon whether we mm-hmm. plan for it or not. But for you to say now, to start from now and to start yes. planning now, like what? Because think about it, when you get partnered, and I'm sure she mm-hmm. would agree with this, when you get partnered with somebody... And in a lot of situations, especially for black women, I just see this amongst us. I mean, it's not just us, but it's amongst us. There's a higher rate of this happening. A lot of times those men don't or those women may not stay around. Mm. So in the event mm-hmm. that you do decide to have a child with someone, they at least know what your advanced health directive states. Like, do you need to be resuscitated mm-hmm. if something happens? Do you want a blood transfusion? I, I, am, mm-hmm. I am completely against mm-hmm. blood transfusions. But my ex-husband was able to advocate for me in labor and delivery and was able to tell them, like, no, don't give that to her. Like, mm-hmm. let's figure out what else we can do. And then there was family members that were backing that up. Like, listen, like, they may not be they married. Know. But he knows, you know, Mm -hmm. and here's the paper. It says Mm -hmm. it right there. So Mm -hmm. if you kind of already know how you want to be treated in that Mm -hmm. type of space, Mm -hmm. then you go ahead and you create that plan for yourself. And I I love how she's she's telling you, Mm -hmm. think about that now. Like plan that out now. Mm -hmm. Have a strategy for that now. Right. Because anything can happen. That's real. Absolutely. That's real. And we can't leave it up to white people to fix it. Come on. Come what kind on. of shit is that? It's like literally think about um, it. It's like having sex with somebody and expecting that partner to please you when mm-hmm. you don't know how to please yourself. Child. And I don't be waiting on nobody. I tell you that. <laughs> we all say that and agree with that. But I why don't, don't we? Be on that's nobody. true. Like, apply it to all aspects of your apply life. Apply to all aspects of I your life. That. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. And when you're training these people, what are some of the things that they're coming to you and talking to you about in this space now as you have seen this grow? Um, mm. Because there are more and more people that are looking for you know more people that are doing these things but it's like a lot of people don't know what it means a lot of people don't know what they can possibly do for them a lot of people don't know what their options are because a lot of times when something happens to your kitchen you might say this is ludicrous but that won't fix your home that will only get you the rapper ludicrous having trouble don't panic don't be alarmed you need to file a claim holla at state farm like a good neighbor state farm is there That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I know that one of my last friends that just had a baby, she had her midwife and her doula in the hospital, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. physically there. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to do at home. Mm -hmm. A lot of people really more so advocate for at home. Mm -hmm. So what are they telling you that the patients or women 
are coming mm. to them saying that they need and how are you preparing them for that? So how to prepare to support a client. But what we see when people come through the door to be educated by the MVDA is trauma. Mm, that part trauma and it it can stem from past birth trauma it can stem from trauma because it's from epigenetics you know in your cellular level it can stem from sexual trauma it can stem from like lgbtqia plus trauma and wanting to really fully know how to advocate in that space so having to teach somebody how to really empower them first they have to have worked out their own trauma True. we don't want to leave people in a worse state of when we found them because birth is life and death mm-hmm. and we need yeah. to stop glamorizing it on social yeah, media right. that shit gets on my nerves it's like <laughs> quick glamorizing the shit because you don't know what it took that person to get to that point and how that recovery is going to be Amen. so it's like we have recovery. to understand what a full spectrum yeah. really looks like when we're talking about dealing with a birthing body mm-hmm. so we need to First handle as there's a lot of healers walking out there unhealed. Ooh, that is a word. That so, is a word. <laughs> say that one more again. Say that one more again. There's, there's a there's a lot of healers walking mm. that are unhealed, mm. and they're perpetuating the same trauma upon the people who they're serving. So first, you must do that own self work, and then don't be above reproach and don't be above correction because we are never where we should be. There's always room to grow. That's the first step. It's like we know everybody that is going to come through us, and there are people who come through the MBDA who are white, and they'd be like. We want to be trained because what they given over there, we don't want, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that's not the population or the demographic Mm -hmm. we want to serve. We even have white birthing families like, no, we want to work with, you know, the MBDA members of the MBDA because we have members that are global now. It's like because you're a member of the MBDA. And so when I hear things like that, I'm like, wow, I mean, the impact is greater than I could have ever imagined it was going Mm -hmm. to be. But yeah, I don't know. That was a long old answer to that question. No, no, you <laughs> that. We love it. You're doing an amazing job and yeah. we're so grateful yeah. that you're in this space because for the women who don't know the difference between a doula and a midwife, explain that difference. So the easiest, most simplest way to put it is the doula is non-medical. The midwife is medical. Okay. The midwife catches. The yeah. doula does not. Yeah. If we have doulas who are operating in the space of catching babies, then they are operating out of the scope of practice of what a doula does. Yeah. The doula's work is strictly designed to be informational, emotional, and physical support. Mm-hmm. When you step outside of those parameters, if it's taking BP, if it's you know doing palpitations of the uterus or the fundus, which is like checking baby's fundal height, if we're doing vaginal exam, cervical, all of those things, then you are not operating in the scope of practice. Then you you I would hope that you would have to either be apprenticing under a midwife and or holding some additional licensing to be able to support that because what will happen is it's technically termed as you are practicing medicine without a license and if some shit pop off and that person ends up dying they don't have to sue you or that baby you know ends up being a fetal demise that they don't have to sue you let the state find out and they will come after your ass so it's all Mm -hmm. we teach always cya Mm -hmm. right So with black women's heightened risk of pregnancy related death spanning income and educational levels, what is it that you want to ultimately accomplish in doing what you're doing in this space? Well, my work is beyond this space. And it's I mean, my expertise just so happens to be that's because I've been studying human reproduction since I was like 12 years old or earlier. But My work is really to impact women, primarily black women, because I am one. So I am going to tell and amplify our stories and our voices. And 
my skill set and my trade has been in the birthing space. Mm-hmm. So my duty and my due diligence is to share the information that got me through. Mm-hmm. Because to me, when I started the MBDA, it didn't make any sense that there were no other black and brown doulas out there making six figures. Like, why the fuck is all these white women doing this shit and clocking six figures and Come we on. suffering trying to feed our families? Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I've had my struggles. I've had my ups and downs. I've had my failures. But it's my due diligence to make sure I tell you and you mm-hmm. and you so you so I can help prevent you from making the same mistakes. Right. And I just I don't gatekeep. Mm. That's great. You know, and it's, it. it's really about sharing information. Yeah. So have you seen the differences like when it comes to the practice of midwifery, et cetera, with you just starting your practice? And again, the fact that you've you were active so many years ago, I'm just trying to think of what were some of the trends that have changed? Mm, what are some of the yeah. things that have stayed the same? Yeah. Oh, my God. So mm. when I started out in the field in the year 2000, it was just birth doulas. Mm. OK, OK. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then we're going to go. And then I went into midwifery. And then when I came back into the doula world, then there was birth and postpartum doulas. Okay. And then now we have such a full spectrum of doulas, some of which we've helped create, you know, which is the fertility doula. Okay. And then there's plenty of sex doulas out there, too. We have yeah. a sex doula training, but we're, we're not the originator of that. But, you know, there are a ton of sex doulas, you okay. know, out there. We also have now bereavement, death doulas. We have miscarriage and stillbirth and abortion doulas. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about really spanning the, because even with midwifery, when we talk about traditional practices, being a midwife was from womb to tomb. It wasn't just about catching the baby. It was like when, you know, mama was ailing, oh, go get Miss So-and-so down because she has the herbs and knows on, how to you heal come you. Here. So <laughs> it, what you're seeing is a reemergence of, or an awakening or a reawakening of what was right okay and that sounds like community in a lot of ways depending on where you are and Mm -hmm. where you can find this type of help right because i know i'm from the country so i was raised on that yeah where if someone hit was in the hospital or was around when you was born that person was looking after you all of your life for the most part right so Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing right that, that it's kind of come back it's full circle, full circle. Yeah. and what is also happening is you know black and brown people are reclaiming what was rightfully ours come on. and I don't have no qualms in saying the shit was stolen yeah. you know just it's like, like it, was, it was stolen like and these else. practices were stolen and once black midwives start, or those granny midwives started making even as low as $50 mm-hmm. then that's when the white male patriarchy came in and said obstructors and said nope mm-mm, mm-hmm. we're gonna charge and you can't do this and you know now we're gonna put all these licensing or these licensors in place you know to make it illegal for you to do what you've always been doing and we came in and stole the shit from you and now you're getting paid for it right right and that's and that's kind of where i was going with that too just like the idea of just reclaiming our time reclaiming our community like you said so how do you feel now kind of knowing to seeing the practice seeing how the industry i'm gonna call it industry has really just you know it has really just transformed and at the same time is also revert back to what it originally was how does that feel for you it's interesting. I know the white people are shaking in their boots. Come they're doing on, one of two shaking things. Shaking in the boots. They're doing one of two things. <laughs> the Karens are screaming louder. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or we have the allies who are really allying up and mm-hmm. and James. taking their out to the their James. education. Mm-hmm. They're not looking to black and brown people to educate them anymore. Yes. They're looking to do that self work. 
And then I see us who are coming into the space and they want to help and they want to be in the birthing space. They want to save the community, but they don't understand how to really do it. They don't understand and in order to save a community, you must first save yourself. Okay. So we talk about, you know, we need to channel that energy inward and then we, we embed business. So how can you as a black and brown woman or person, but primarily women say what your rate and your going rate is and what your earned well-deserved fee is without clinching. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's really about helping to empower people to see that value in themselves yeah well explain this why is it important to have a birthing team and Mm. why does that make a difference Mm -hmm. (laughs) first of all when you're having a baby you are busy your body and your system is busy and if you are not able to channel all of that energy to birth that child nobody else can do their job around you okay i don't all care right. if it's a doctor midwife nurse doula part i don't care you have to be able to effectively do your job and the only way to be able to do that is when you know you are safe and supported and how you do that is making sure that you have your team your team is First, who is your birth partner? And your birth partner doesn't have to be an intimate partner. Okay. Mm. Explain okay. that. Yes. It yes. could be your mama, your yes. sister, your best friend. Mine it could be, you know, it could be <laughs> who, whomever, you know, that you trust in that moment. Okay. Sure. The next one is to make sure that whomever you select to be in your space that you can also shit in front of because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So much, so much is going on with your body that yes. you can't control in those And I moments. said it the way I said because it happens. Ugh. It's very, very primal. The next phase is to make sure that you have your medical professional on board. And that could be the doctor and it could be the midwife. And you have to understand as the policy holder, meaning as the person who has the insurance that pays the medical professional, you are in charge. And then... And even if you have self-pay come let's, on let's point that out yes. because they will try to make you feel a way about the decisions you want to make right. and tell you because you don't have insurance you don't have you options do right. you come have options you as the person paying you are their boss yes mm-hmm. okay and so that's a when people hear that or i've seen it when people have heard that from me they're like wait a minute Changes. what right like oh, they, they, they it's like different. I've seen white people should be like, wait a minute, what Tracy are you still? Like, yes, you are mm-hmm. the you are their boss. Mm-hmm. So secondly, once you have interviewed at least three to five medical professionals Come and on, you interviewed, in, interviewed you have interviewed at least three to five medical professionals that you feel trusted enough mm-hmm. to take you through this journey. You need to also understand what you know. We the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology is what they adhere to from a policy perspective. Yes. But then, what does your cultural like your cultural environment where you practice the Mm -hmm. hospital settings what's going on in your hospital Mm -hmm. and then from a practice what does your practice do that differentiates from everybody else within the hospital setting so getting really into the nitty-gritty what if i have gestational diabetes what if i have to be induced what if a c-section is determined Mm -hmm. like how am i going to be supported and you are going to take what i'm saying seriously and really thoroughly advocate for me so you have to interview at least it could be doctors and midwives or however you want to do it and making sure that if you select a midwife that you select a midwife and you know who their transport hospital is you know so if you have a home birth and you go with a certified nurse midwife okay who's the hospital if i have to get transferred 
then who's the hospital that we're going to? Then who is the doctor that's going to be supporting? Do you have hospital privileges in this setting? Are you going to be able to catch my baby? What if I need to be in a C-section? Will you be able to, because you have hospital privileges? Like really thoroughly asking those questions. Then we can move over to the doula. Ooh. Right. You know, now I see why you got to start now. Because that in nine months, that's stressful. You don't even really want to think about that the whole nine months. Right. It's literally like, no, let me, let me, let me think First about this before, before it happens. And mm-hmm. then, okay, midway through, okay, do we have everything checked? You know, that type of thing. Literally, my last birth, I just showed up at the hospital. Yep. It was just, it was just, I mean, the last two kids were born in Northside Hospital. This last birth was the one I almost died three times Mm -hmm. in three different situations. And it was throughout the pregnancy as well as the day of giving birth to her and having an emergency C-section. So it was like, I went through every possible scenario that a black woman could possibly go through. And the only thing was, is that I survived Mm -hmm. because everything was stacked against me to actually Mm -hmm. be dead for the most part. And the thing that also saved me, I'm going to share this and I have shared this on my social media. There's a documentary on my link, my bio on Instagram, everything. When I tell you I documented everything, I put everything out there. I put it out there when I had seizures in the hospital and people were telling me I, I, I wasn't having that. I had people in the, the nurses and the doctors in the background speaking to me a certain way. I was putting it out there on video like I'm in here again. They just discharged me. I couldn't breathe. I had a seizure on the way in the parking lot. They're, I'm back in here again. They're not listening to me. Like, I documented every single thing. And to this day, my OBGYN fired me as a patient before I could even fire them because basically I went through three different doctors and all of them were minorities. And it was very disheartening because in that space, I had to find someone that was online that was paying attention to my story that was a a doula Mm -hmm. that could show up and really kind of be like, oh, we're not doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. or this is what we're going to do now for her. Because if it wasn't for her, as well as my birthing partner, who was my best friend and also my ex-husband, who eventually came in, was just like, he's an attorney. He was like, oh, we'll sue everybody in here. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a different tune. Mm -hmm. But to people who don't may not have that. They have to know that they have the ability to tell these people, like, no, you're going to listen to me. I'm going to document everything. You tell me I can't have a test. I can't do something. You need to document that in, on record. Uh, right. Because if something happens to me, right. you're it's paying my family. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And see, that is one primary way of to help get your needs addressed in the yes. immediate when I teach, because I don't really get in there and teach as much anymore, but when I do teach, this is something that I say, you ask for whatever, you know, whatever it is that you like yep. and explain whatever is happening to you. And then if it gets denied, then you say, OK, hold on just a second. Can you please document that in writing on a hospital letterhead mm-hmm. and please make sure that we have a copy as well? Mm-hmm. And then can I also see your supervisor? Mm-hmm. And you take Baby. that you and you have to also understand who the patient's rights advocates are, how to get in contact with them. Mm-hmm. And you make sure if a nurse denies you something, thank you so much, such and such. Can you please document that? Mm-hmm. Make sure you have your signature. I would love it on hospital letterhead. Thank mm-hmm. you. And can I see the charge nurse? Yeah, and nice then you move nasty. it right on up. Nice nasty. And then when people understand, like, in the charge nurse's job is to make sure that your needs are being met. And they mm-hmm. really are great at, like, dismantling or the issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if not, oh, can I see the attending physician, please? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Can I see the chief? Mm-hmm. Listen. You know, mm-hmm. and you go up that hierarchy and you just rinse and repeat mm-hmm. yeah. until you mm-hmm. get what you want. And when people see that, that, oh, wait a minute, they're actually taking Serious. note yeah. and they're <laughs> actually, oh, we're writing this and it's being mm-hmm. documented, mm-hmm. not just, you know, camera and video, but we we want the shit in writing because that that's what's going to substantiate in court. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you can have all the video. 
But if nothing was documented on medical record, right. they're like, okay, well, they said they did blah, blah, blah. And so it's word. Your word y'all against theirs. It right. know it's your it word y'all against theirs. And, and people who are birthing should not be put in that position. Absolutely not. They should not be put in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can just feel the passion really coming. Yeah. No, it's like, really it's, more pissedivity. It, well, I mean, this is ridiculous. And the fact that you said you you were always interested from like twelve years old. I just want to get to little Tracy. Like, what was it? Because you know, anytime you see and come across people that clearly have a calling and are able to really magnify that yes. and create a community around that, it's infectious. But it's also like, yo, tell me the story. How did this happen? <laughs> well, I will say this. It's them damn ancestors. I've done this lifetimes before. And this is why for me it comes so easy and so natural. Mm -hmm. And it's I often get short with people when it doesn't come as natural for them. But then I get pissed off because it's your body. It's your body. And and God has gifted me and them ancestors, you know, before me to where you don't have to be pregnant and I can diagnose you with it. And that's just my gift. Oh, wow. It's not even a skill set so much anymore. And this what has affirmed it for me was when I was at a birth and one of my clients and I overheard him talking. And this was after the baby was born, but we were still in the hospital. And he said, the moment Tracy walked in there, the energy of the room changed. That's when I knew it was mm-hmm. them ancestors before me because mm-hmm. Tracy wanted to go home. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. So my brain was always like, what do we need to do to get this baby out safely? Right. But when he said that, I was like, okay, y'all, I'll see you. Something bigger. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times in just documenting overall, I feel like when you think about partners and how supportive Mm. they can be as advocates Mm -hmm. because this is your calling you're training people to be there for Mm -hmm. the woman the birthing person the birthing person Mm -hmm. whomever and a lot of ways partners don't know how they can do more or how they can great question you know really be there Mm -hmm. talk about the significance of them just physically being there number one and number two, the other ways that they can support the birthing partner. It's imperative that you're physically there, but don't be there taking up space. True. This is not a spectator sport. Uh-huh. You have to reason why we're here. Mm-hmm. So your job as the birthing professional, meaning the doula, is to give them all the tools in the arsenal. Mm-hmm. You make sure, number one, that you don't meet with that birthing person you know, for an initial consultation without their partner there. They need to be involved. This is their birth, too. Right. So they mm-hmm. need to play an active role. Then also... Making sure that they understand, you know, like beyond just, you know, labor comfort measures, but what are the actual warning danger signs? What does a pulmonary embolism look like in real time? Okay. What does, you know, postpartum preeclampsia, you know, all of those things, preeclampsia, what does that look like in real time? And besides making playlists, you know, to listen to, (laughs) like, let's let's take this really seriously because I believe two that more black women's lives would be saved if they felt empowered and we need Mm -hmm. to make sure we never underestimate the power of the partner because they got the power too Mm -hmm. you have to reason some of the best births i had was when i was sitting on my ass and it's because i taught that couple how to act Mm -hmm. i taught them what to do and i could hear you and i can see you so i know when you need me Mm -hmm. i'm here Mm -hmm. but my job is to make sure i give you all of the tools so y'all can make the best this is your birth that's your baby I'm just here for a moment in time how did you transition from doing to teaching you know because sometimes when you're in the midst of doing and you're doing it well you're like I 
I can't step back doing in this it, capacity. And doing it and doing right. it. Well. Exactly. <laughs> well, eventually the student becomes the teacher. Mm-hmm. But when I launched the company in 2017 and in 2018, I started getting on live and you know, just Instagram live talking and people would like, they would hear how much I knew. And it was like, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. No, we want you to teach us. I was like, I'm not teaching y'all. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But in 2019, top of 2019 is when we launched the educational curriculum with the MBDA. And fortunately, now it has grown to where we have members who are now instructors mm-hmm. with the MBDA. So like they are members and then they reach a certain level in their career where they now qualify to be instructors. And now I'm getting ready to launch because I'm really a businesswoman. So I'm about to launch another level of growth for the company. But it was just you can't teach everybody. And, you know, I have to be realistic with what. Tracy wants because there's this part of but I'm a whole other person so it's and it's about sharing information yes. like if it's about a legacy you gotta pass the you torch pass this it. is something that I was sharing with you earlier mm-hmm. on episode where it's like just for us as black women we really don't really share information a whole lot now when we're comfortable with you and when oh, you in mm-hmm. our space and you're in our friend group or group chat we got you but more so being more honest in public mm-hmm. like yeah I birthed this beautiful baby but let me tell you what happened to get me here or mm-hmm. I had infertility issues. What did that look like? What did that feel like? Mm -hmm. All of the realness from it. And not just more so just because I can kind of find a way to be an influencer in said space or find a way to get, you know, someone to sponsor it or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's no, I'm genuinely telling you from black woman to black woman or birthing person to birthing person. Like, I see you. I hear you. These are the things that I went through and I don't want you to have to go through that. I think that is so important. You mentioned there's more to Tracy. Like, I kind of, you think I was going to forget about that? (laughs) What else is there? No, ma'am. We need to know. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, my book is coming out this year. Okay, book. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I spent all 2021 writing that book, Mm -hmm. and it is in the final stages of publishing, and it talks about just my life and. Major. It talks about um, how I created the company and it talks about the racism within the company. And it also talks about mm-hmm. black women relationships, mm-hmm. you know, That's so important. it is important. I, 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 I'm hearing more and more black women talk about the lack of friendship. Even the older you get, the yeah. harder it is to connect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's in there. And then what else is going on? I mean, I love travel. And then I'm also an artist. So I'm a writer. That's another thing. So I've always been an artist. So just, yeah. you know, making sure that I make room for myself. I've already given birth to enough. I need to focus on the other stuff that like feeds my soul. I know that's right. That's well, good. I mean, most of all, we are just grateful that you're here with us. Oh, and I know you came him. in thinking, I, what can I say? What can I do? You have done more than oh, enough. You showing you. up. Honestly was just the icing on the cake for everything. So thank you for what you've been doing in this space and what you're growing to do 
furthermore with the book and everything else that you touch. Yes. <laughs> that is amazing. I just tell our sure. stories as black women. Mm-hmm. That really is all it is. I tell it as a black woman from a black woman's perspective, but I amplify our voices. And I don't care mm-hmm. what any other community thinks until we stop dying. That's the, until black women stop dying, I don't care what you got to say. That's authentic. And yeah. I think, honestly, from this message or this whole conversation, it's something that's relatable, obviously, the, to folks that are mothers and that are not because sometimes when you have these conversations and and, you know I've listened in I'd tapped in etc and I'm like okay I don't I don't feel me in this you know I don't feel like I'm there yet like this is not to do with me but I think talking to you and talking to Don obviously and you guys sharing your stories it's like no this is something where I felt like okay I can insert myself as well and Mm. it's something that I think folks can relate to who are not mothers yet or perhaps right. never want to be you know right. especially for the ones who never want to be yeah. or aren't able to or aren't able to, I exactly. have mm-hmm. like you know even with my friend like the way she showed up for me and my children mm-hmm. like that was her calling to mm-hmm. her like you can tell like she does it with pride and I'm just like mm-hmm. even on Mother's Day we recognize her like we recognize mm-hmm. I recognize my aunts and people right. like that that took care of me when I came up Takes so it's like village. you have to really look out for the people who may not want to go that route or just can't, you right, know, and yeah. really acknowledge that they're a huge part of the community. They're a huge part of allowing us, those of us that are able and want to do so, to be able to show up in the ways that we can. True. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's always important. True, I love true, how true. you wrap that up, girl. Yeah, yeah. we got this. <laughs> well, we're not done yet. We we're have not. One. Oh, okay. <laughs> one more thing. Okay. I'm going to lead. All right. <laughs> So we have a question that we ask all guests mm-hmm. that um, come on, and it's our our signature question for our podcast. It's what is your dream for Black women? And so, I'll ask oh you my that. God, I love What's that question. Dream my women? dream for Black women is that we own our autonomy. Okay, like I do. <laughs> like I, I, I want us to own our and no matter what you look like, what size you are. Like you see, I don't have no hair. Like like you are beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just want us to not put our power in other people. Be selfish be self-centered you know preserve yourself love yourself pay attention to your wellness and when you start like giving yourself gratitude and being grateful for your presence here and the ancestors that came before you and your creator then your life will shift your love will shift for you Mm -hmm. the people who love you will change or you'll empower Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. it's like if I could do one thing before I leave here on earth it is giving black women what they rightfully deserve which is themselves you know and we (laughs) fuck and like fuck everybody else not to feel guilty not to feel like my my honey brought me something yesterday it was something so simple like she went and got some nail glue for me and my daughter was like you spoiled I was like I'm supposed to be okay I know that's right I know that's right yes yes I'm here for it I'm here for it Yes, like that is what I want. That's what I want for us. I love that. Yes, I love it. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. I was like, how did I get here? You were meant to be the answer. We see you. Oh, thank you. We see you, and now our listeners will hear you and will find you, you. and just tell them where they can find more information from you, where they can contact you directly Mm -hmm. if they want to reach out to you. If you're fine with that, just share share where they can hit you. So for all Mm -hmm. birth work i'm gonna say this out yes. loud please go to um, blackdoulas.org that is the company you can find doulas who are in your geographic region throughout this country and then we're now in canada and in mexico
Mexico, and I think we have our duo still in Ghana. Um, So for MBDA members, I'm going to shout y'all out already. So there y'all go. And then if you want to get trained as a birthing professional, please go again to blackduels.org. That is the the company. For me, myself, Mm -hmm. I'm at tracycollinsofficial.com, and I'm Tracy Collins everywhere. Okay. And make sure it's Tracy with an I-E. I love it. It's true. And please, that's one of my pet peeves. Don't misspell my name. Right. Um, Especially when I contact you first. Right. Oh, honey, we got your name right on there. Something separate, but now I'm just curious because you mentioned like the rates and how people can, you know, really demand what they want. But I'm Mm -hmm. thinking on the the flip side, someone who's seeking a doula. Mm Mm-hmm. What should they be looking for? Is there a range? Is there something or is it kind of? Okay. Oh, that's such a great question. So please, number one, put a birth doula or postpartum doula on your gift registry. Oh, that okay. is a good idea. You go around and you hold that collection plate, mm-hmm. you know, to those people who are buying you diaper bags and, you know, crap you don't really need Mm -hmm. you can put them on your birthing team on the um, registry but the going rate for a doula usually is anywhere between 800 to 2000 dollars it's depending upon the services that you're seeking and their level of experience also but i'm advocating for a base rate of of doulas across the board to mm-hmm. be paid no less than 1500 I don't care right. the state and I'm working I know Walmart and I were working on that right now to get that just kind of get that wow. blanket yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I like Huge. that I like okay. that, that so blanket, think about right. that when you go to the website yeah, uh, and then our duels, you know, people who are members of the MBDA, you know, it's just really a database of birthing professionals mm-hmm. um, and people who are MBDA members, they can traffic them to their own website but even the people who are members or non-members that hear me talking like yeah no mm-mm. and if you have a problem charging what you know you're worth then you say it in the mirror to yourself until you don't blink okay. come on yes come on she just or say it to your bank account until <laughs> something happens right, right? you need to say <laughs> need it, it. to yourself because your value and what yeah. you do should never be questioned there it is Woo, what a conversation girl girl girl. like it was right on time too because like we mentioned in the show i just feel like you can never not talk about that enough Mm -hmm. you can never Mm -hmm. not talk about that enough how did you feel i definitely felt empowered because at first Mm. i'm not gonna lie when we were talking about having the conversation i was like okay Mm. this is great again can never talk about that too much but i was like i mentioned i don't know how do i relate it to the folks who maybe listening or folks like me who are just that's just not the stage that they're right, at you right, know what I mean right, or right. maybe they want to be at the stage but can't well yeah. things of that nature mm-hmm. where I don't want this to be an isolating conversation where right, it's right. Talking to it mothers. was extremely it inclusive yeah. because even us you know she even caught me a few times to really kind of stress not just saying woman just saying birthing persons because that is something that we have to normalize we have to talk about what birthing looks like for all people no matter what their economic socioeconomic status is or how they identify Mm -hmm. gender wise all of the things like it's so important for people in that space and those spaces to really understand what that looks like for all people and i wish like actually we talked a little bit more about the the training aspect of things Mm -hmm. i think about it because i think for me what's getting me like a little hung up on the idea of having a doula versus just like going strictly Western medicine is the idea of like, I just have it in my mo- my mind that Western medicine, you went through the training, like you went through the gutter right, to like, right, you right. know, become. Well, one of the things that you have to remember that she pointed out is just the holistic aspect True. of it. So it's more of like she even mentioned like 
these people are being trained to deal with the emotional parts mm-hmm. of these things. Like if you're having a breakdown in the room, mm-hmm. I'm guaranteeing you there's no nurse patting you no on your back. There's right. no doctor coming back in to try to make sure, oh, you want me to catch a couple of tears? Like, absolutely mm-hmm. not. They're not right. worried about that. So right. when she mentions the holistic aspect and being more immersed into who the person is, like understanding that person there, if they have um, a partner there to advocate for them or if they have family members there, what does this look like? What does it look like to be in this environment for this birthing person to have support? And I think that in itself, that's a different type of training than what these people get in Western medicine because they're generally dealing with a dummy. Like I'm just, let's let's be real. Like (laughs) just, just a random body laying on a table Mm -hmm. and is doing whatever. And then they're being put out there into the field and then they're certified or, you know, they're, they're getting their degrees and things like that. And a lot of doctors, especially black women, doctors have really come out to say that they know they're not trained, you know, for certain aspects of birthing and, you know, what women really need or actively hearing black women, like being taught how to listen to people when they're in pain and not and see beyond whatever the stereotypes are or whatever you might have been taught in Western medicine. Mm -hmm. So I think that in itself, the holistic aspect Mm -hmm. just makes it just stand out more where it's like, okay if I do want to have Western medicine because that's all I've known or that's all I've seen my friends do or my family has gone mm-hmm. through that and everybody's been fine then for me and my sake I still want to have the holistic Add aspect to added yes. to it yes. yes and you have every right to mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true I think another thing too that I feel like after this conversation I know more about is the fact that it's not just like okay doula and that's it. There's so many types of doulas. I had no yes. idea. I had so no idea. So she got me with the sexual doulas. Right. I was like, where was y'all? I mean, not that I needed it, but you know, ain't nothing okay. wrong with a little bit of help, yes. you know? And then there's, there's also these things where I know there are more black women I'd have to be honest and just say like they're in the more like black girl luxury space, Mm. but it's been talked about having like night and day nurses and Mm -hmm. that can be a night and day doula, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, well, where these people are supporting you and the, and the baby or coming in and doing the shift with the baby while you rest, because that's the most important thing for black women when they're about to give life or their bodies are forming around this and doing all of the things honey rest you have to rest and in so many ways a doula can come in and cook for you somebody's coming in to check in on you Mm -hmm. doing your laundry I had that postpartum where um, the doula I did get she still stayed on to work with me for at least about a month and a half and I didn't have a whole lot of help with family coming in well I did but the thing was is people had jobs let me let me stress that and unfortunately I know one of my family members my my TT who I love dearly and if any of y'all follow me y'all know that's my girl but like even with one of her jobs she like they cut her hours and they cut her pay because she was always at the hospital or taking me to doctor's appointments and I felt so bad about that but luckily for me I had enough money saved up during that time because I wasn't working clearly to really make up for that pay you know to where she didn't really miss all that but think about that you know Mm -hmm. people can't be there all the time so why not hire somebody who it's their calling to really show up for you in that type of space and I loved when she recommended that you know adding a doula or a midwife to your registry like it's like take that off of your table like take that off of like Mm -hmm. something to where it's like you are looking out for you and your child like yeah and I think the biggest thing too is now I see more of the idea of starting early and really, really understanding that package deal for yourself early. Not only just because, okay, you know what? 
just the timing and the that prioritizing point. rest. Mm-hmm. But I think financially, I'm just thinking of the fact that, okay, now we're seeing a postpartum doula. We're saying this. Baby. We're saying someone, a midwife. These babies a physician. cost. And it I mean, and they, like, it, they cost. But one of the, the things that I've noticed is that the more black women are normalizing putting money towards this mm-hmm. and like the more you see them really come through postpartum healthier. Yeah, Does that make sense? Sure, I mean, sure, I know sure. all of us have different bodies. We all have mm-hmm. different types of DNA and things right. like that, that, that it's going to affect whatever. But like, it's so important when you are able to invest that. And if you're not able to, how can you how crowdsource can you ask, it? Yes. How what can are you, you asking the for? funding? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you, can you publicly put it out there? Because one thing I love about my online community, <laughs> I can tell these people, listen, my baby need this or I can't get this. And, and they know that I work my tail off. They know that I do right. for my kids. And I've been very honest about my journey. But I guarantee you, there's going to be five people that jump up immediately like, let me take care of it. I love it. And it's it comes from a genuine place. So mm-hmm. I think that that's why it's always important when we're holding space for all of these guests that we're going to have on the show. It's important that we kind of stress to them why we're asking them to be here. Right. Of like course, what of they're course. contributing mm-hmm. towards changing how mm-hmm. black women see things like yes. her closing. Oof. Putting ourselves first, yes. girl. Everything I wanted to. That. I wanted to pass an offering plate. Like, <laughs> ma'am, is we in church? That's it. <laughs> autonomy, autonomy. Like, that's, for real. that's. I mean, it makes a difference, and it's opened me up for sure in terms of like, okay, what do I want? Mm-hmm. And and the full and see, you're there. You're right. there because mm-hmm. you were just talking about how. You're thinking about you. Like mm-hmm. you're thinking about yes. all the things. It is important mm-hmm. that you think about birthing. Like yes. if, if that's not even if that's not a thing for you, mm-hmm. what does that look like? How right. can you show up for somebody else? Maybe it doesn't have to be everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. It could be one or two women that you just you know you want to show up for them. You want to be there right. for them, and you do that. That's important. It is. That is so important. It is. Mm. Don, what an episode, girl, girl, <laughs> girl, girl. Like I high-key feel like she might be back on. Okay. You know, might might not be this season, but we might we find gotta, another way to get on the third. We're gonna figure out a way. We gonna storm her office. <laughs> we need to. Now we are here to get Listen, all the things. Uh, I feel like yes, we asked her, "What's your dream for Black women?" Mm-hmm. We know our dream at this point. Yes, <laughs> when it comes yes. To this, but any parting words? So um, my biggest, my biggest thing is, is me reiterating what I said on the show. And that's for more black women to understand the importance of estate planning. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times when we hear that, when we hear people mentioning life insurance, wheels and trust, everybody's like, I'm not planning for my death. I don't want to die yet. Listen, you just never know. I started with an advanced health directive in my early 20s. Literally, maybe two or three years before I got pregnant with my first child. And then after every child, if not before every child, I changed up my will to not only just include them, but to also include changes that I thought about, you know, how I wanted to be treated in that environment in the hospital. And then by the time I got to my third one. It was like, okay, baby, I got to upgrade this wheel to a trust because I got three children. I have life insurance that will, you know, pay out a good amount of money. What does that look like for my kids? My oldest is about to be 18 soon. He's 18 this summer. So he's about to come into a small chunk of his money. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, what does that look like? Like when you think about that, like I thought about that before I had children. And that's And now my kids are set up to where it's like, 
I'm not no multimillionaire, but right. I was smart. Right. And even if you are just now hearing this and you're in your mid thirties, you already have early forties, you, know, you already right. have kids. It's okay. Yes. Start where you are. Yes. Advanced health directives are mm-hmm. so important for black women. Anytime they go into the hospital for anything. So yes, estate planning would be my major thing that I would want to push for more black women to do, especially that. if they're trying to give birth. I love that. I love that. I would just add to that. Just the idea of like really putting this in the center of the conversation when it comes to like, what do we want to plan mm-hmm. for ourselves? Like from a financial aspect, again, yeah. like starting this conversation, I already told y'all like, you know, this wasn't something that I was, I was thinking of, but more so thinking of, okay, when that happens, I'll deal with that. Right. And that's not how I approach anything else in life. So it's interesting how when it came to pregnancy, I'm like, okay, because <laughs> I, right. I need a partner, first of right. all, for that to happen. So right. when that happens, we'll deal with it. And now I'm like, no, how can you be autonomous? How can you take charge mm-hmm. as a single woman? Listen, you know? because even yeah. then it's like you have a partner that comes in and you put this plan in front of them. They should love you enough to understand why you already have something already like have this, it. you know, right. and then the fact that they're now being included. Mm-hmm. Now it's a matter of, OK, what do you what do you think? You know, should I adjust some things or can we talk through some things or some scenarios of what could possibly happen? And I tell people, even the people who are prepared, things happen. Mm-hmm. But still to be on the same accord, to have everybody in the room that knows what you need and what you want. Or even if nobody is in the room, you have that piece of paper where it's like you ain't got no choice but to recognize what I put in writing and do what I need done. Period. Okay. What else do people need done? They need to follow (laughs) Monuments to Me. Yes. All things, you know, what we're doing. Obviously, our individual pages. I'm Akila Friend on all platforms. I'm at underscore Don Montgomery. Yes. And Monuments to Me on Instagram is where we're live, as well as obviously listening to the podcast on iTunes and anywhere you get your podcast. Yes. Yes. Please do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Monuments to Me. Thank you to Revolt for allowing us this safe space to have these important conversations. If you like what you heard today, then subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend about your new favorite podcast. Head over to Revolt.com to stay connected to all things Monuments to Me. This episode of Monuments to Me is brought to you by our sponsor, General Motors. Now, after you learn a little something on this podcast, find out more about their continued efforts to fund the future and inspire innovation at GM.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.